0: Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing.
1: On the Range is brought to you by Vehicle Assurance.
2: Hey, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me. Pearly, good morning. What's happening?
3: Doing good, Jay. Just uh kind of Checking out uh, the wildlife. Ready to go with the show.
2: (laughs) All right. All right. We're going to go with that. No, don't edit that, me. We're going to leave the wildlife on there. Pearly's down in Florida somewhere, probably in the bushes, looking for a good place to (laughs) fish out of. So uh, we formatted the show like a round of golf. The first segment is called the On the Range segment, and it's brought to you by our friends at Vehicle Assurance, 866 341 9255. If you need additional coverage or any sort of coverage for your car, no matter what your car is, they have it for you. They've been in business for 10 years. Great folks. Um, Our social media outlets, should we do it? Nah, forget it. You guys just look up Jay Delsing somewhere and maybe you'll find us, maybe you won't. But Bob and Kathy Donahue, we got to thank those guys. 314-805-2132. Donahue, painting and refinishing. Great people, but better work man they do some great stuff so if you need a little refresh in your home give bob and kathy a call all right pearly i got i got to sit down so we kind of have not pearl we're kind of having like a double masters tribute two doubles two shows what what am i trying to say two shows and tribute for the masters yeah
3: Yep, yeah, back-to-back. Love it.
2: Yeah, so in 1968, Bob Golby won the Masters in, without question, the most controversial fashion, which, you know, when w- we could talk about this a little bit before the, the interview, Pearl, because when I got on with Bob—and, by the way, 92 years old, John— Oh my gosh! He I, awesome. I just—he was just absolutely terrific. I felt like once we started talking about golf, he really, really picked up his. He, I could almost, you know, um, feel him rewalking those steps and retracing those memories. It was really fun.
3: He, uh the golf lights him up. Golf lights him up even today. That's uh, that's cool to be passionate like that. Uh, it, just anywhere from his regular tour to his uh, senior tour exploits, uh, he was totally into it.
2: Yeah, he totally wasn't. If you if you guys want to go on YouTube, pull up the Butler Cabin um, uh, presentation from 1968. You'll see what you'll you'll see what I mean by I. I looked at him like this is just off. W- Roberto De Vincenzo and Bob Golby finished um, with the same score, uh, uh, supposedly in 1968. I think they were both either 11 or 12 under, and what happened was, as you know, we golfers are responsible for the hole-by-hole scores on each hole to make sure our score is right. Well, Roberto DiVincenzo signed for a 4 on number 17 when he actually made a 3. And if he had made a 4 and signed for a 3, he would have been DQ'd. But he signed for a higher score, so he gets to keep the higher score When when that error is found, Bob Golby wins the tournament. But but, John, and, and I didn't bring this up in the interview because Bob, when, when I talked to Bob ahead of time, he, he didn't want to talk about it, and I don't blame him. But, John, he received hate mail. He it, it was like Bob Golby did something wrong. I mean, the man shot 66 on Sunday at Augusta to win the tournament because of an error by one of his competitors and really took a beating over it.
3: Well, I'm glad to know there was crazy, stupid, silly hate mail back then, too, I suppose. Or maybe I'm not glad to know that. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. He did what he was supposed to do, and the rules of golf handed it to him. Uh, obviously, it's uh, it was a strange uh, affair all the way around. But what are you going to say? No, I, I'm not going to take it. That's part of the deal. Uh, we have both had encounters with scorecard issues and stuff like that through all the career. It's part of the game, baby. It is part of the game.
2: Yeah, and it just kind of happens. And uh, man, Pearl, I gotta say this too. It, it's so nice to have the weather as as broken and spring is sprung, as they say. And um, man, I hope all of our listeners are out getting their game on. It's uh, it's uh, a tough time of year. We said this last year. Let's talk just a little bit about that, Pearl, before we go into the interview. The golf courses are, without question, in their most difficult scoring shape in the springtime
3: and we're excited to be out there we have huge expectations and it's sometimes a little cool and it's a little bit soft and so a lot of things aren't quite happening right so it's a tough combination but uh maybe that's the combination way it's meant to be thank goodness we're all excited about it otherwise it might be a little tough to put up with this time of year
2: no, it's really true, and, um, you know, especially for folks in the Midwest, John, we get breezy conditions in the spring and in the fall, but in the summertime, we very seldom get any sort of wind, right? But, man, with the, with the ground being soft and the wind being up, the grass is long because of the spring rains and the greens not being their best, those, those combinations make it extremely tough, man, extremely tough times to score,
3: that's all right, though. That's part of the game, and uh, we enjoy each of the seasons, and they each come with another challenge. I mean, the game's challenging enough, and then the season's cause, and the weather's caused the challenge, but that's all part
2: of it. Yeah, well, hopefully some of our listeners got their butts off the couch, got a little walking in, got some sort of exercise, some stretching in, so they're going to leg up this year and, uh, and be ready to play. Um, so, John, um, Jordan Spieth struggled and didn't win on the PGA Tour for four years. Ricky Fowler is going through something pretty similar. But in fairness to Spieth, I don't think Ricky's record matches up to Jordan's, especially in my mind. Jordan's won three majors and I think 12 events, and I think Ricky's won only five. But it's it's interesting to, to watch somebody work through those chasms, Pearl, and then come out on top again, isn't it?
3: Well, it, it, we know it happens, and it happens in t- to different levels with with different folks. But it always happens, and you certainly get your metal tested. Uh, you know, Jay, who do you what do you know that you can share that each of them is doing maybe a little bit differently relative to their instructors, the team? Are they changing their teams in and out? You know, meaning their their strength their strength guy, their swing their swing guy, their their uh, their psychological uh, guy as part of the team. What do you know, if anything, about those guys on how they're handling the, the that kind of rough patch? And obviously, as you said, Jordan's been more than coming out of it.
2: Yeah, so what was really interesting to me, Pearl, is Jordan's longtime uh, swing coach, Cameron McCormick, he stuck with him through this really difficult four years. Really difficult. And Ricky left Butch about a year ago. And, yeah. boy, I just – what I know of – of teachers, John Cameron McCormick's been with um, uh, Spieth since he's been a little kid. What I know about teachers, boy, I don't know if I'd ever want to go away from Butch once I got you know the ability to get in front of him.
3: Somebody else went away from Butch once upon a time. A fairly famous yeah. guy, and uh, uh, took him a little bit of time to uh, to kind of get things back in order.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely this, right. Mister um, Mr.
3: Tiger, Mister Tiger Woods, right? He, he and, they, they separated ways. And uh, if I remember right, uh, you know, Tiger was always great. But uh, uh, with when he was with Butch, uh, things were rather spectacular. Obviously, something changed to, to have them part ways. But uh, Tiger had, had less than Tiger-esque times after that for a while.
2: Yeah, he sure did. And uh, I, d- I did get an update on Tiger, Pearl, uh, just to report a little bit. He's, um, um, I think, um, uh, Rory McElroy JT, Ricky Fowler, the guys, some of Brooks, some of the guys that live in that area have really done a neat job of staying in touch with him and kind of going by visiting with him for a little bit and just trying to keep his spirits up because uh, Roy had a great comment where he said, look, every single thing is better when Tiger plays. That's, just, a, that's yeah. just the only way to look at it and we need him out here, we want him out here and we just hope for the best and um, um, Rory did say in one of his interviews at Augusta uh, last week where he said Tiger's doing much better than Rory himself thought, and um, uh, he he uh, had very very high hopes for Tiger playing PGA Tour caliber golf wow. again. So wow, I, I said the same thing, John.
3: Well, when it comes up, I don't. You and I are both agree to not be speculating, and I just hope for him. I want to see him play with his son again. Yeah, if, amen. If, if that happens as a selfish thing, from my perspective, that was a thing of beauty in the world of golf, and I hope we get to see a lot more of that in the future.
2: Yeah, Pearl, it was almost like a thing of life, wasn't it? You know, getting to yeah. see him do that. Um, all right, so uh, the tip of the cap segment is brought to you by the Dean team of Kirkwood. 314-966-0303. Um, and the tip of the cap today goes to all of the grandmas and grandpas that share family stories and history to all of us to help us know where we came from, who we are, how we got here, and keep that lineage alive. And having Bob Golby on the show this week, it's a perfect tip of the cap to kind of go back, reminisce a little bit about the history of the game and someone who was involved with some really uh, crucial uh, uh, foundational parts of the PGA Tour. So my man, Colin Burnt, and Brandy uh, will take great care of you over at the Dean Team of Kirkwood. 314-966-0303. If you need any sort of vehicle, call those guys. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back for the front nine and Bob Golby. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hello,
3: friends. This is Jim Nance, and you are listening to Golf with my friend Jay Delsing.
1: Marcona Blind Sparks Company needs to recognize one of their own for reaching a career pinnacle that few even dare to aspire to. West Coast Vice President Jeff Diamond is a 45-year employee of Marcone and the most recognizable icon at any gathering of service industry professionals. With flowering silver hair and a matching personality, he has listened to, learned from, mentored, and entertained the most influential people in the appliance service industry. He's a road warrior, all right, whose perseverance and drive have earned him the friendship of hundreds and the respect of thousands. Well played, Jeff. Thanks for your dedication and tremendous attitude. It's great to be on your team. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts.
2: I am delighted to welcome Marie Davila to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. I'm sure you know where it is, but in case you don't, Marie de Villa is a landmark out in West St. Louis County. It's located on the corner of Clayton and Wideman Roads. It's also on 21 beautiful rolling acres right on the way out to Queenie Park. It's a country club-like atmosphere. It's iconic, and it's absolutely gorgeous. When my dad died and my mom decided she didn't want to live alone, Marie de Villa was the first place we called. When we pulled up, we were greeted at the front door by the owner, and he took us around on a tour of the facility. We learned that there are one, two, and three-bedroom villas that you can live in, and there's also 24-hour care in the East, West, and the Waterford buildings. So Marie de Villa had everything that my mom wanted. One of the things that stood out in my mind as well was the way – the family-owned business treats their guests. That's right. They refer to them as guests, but they treat them like family. So if you're in the process of trying to make a tough decision for this next part of life, you got to visit Marie de Villa. This is local, this is family, and this is St. Louis. This is Marie de Villa. Come be our
4: guest. When things come out of left field, having a game plan makes all the difference. Luckily, Farmers Insurance has been helping people cover their bases for more than 90 years, and they can help you too. Talk to Farmers agent Ed Fogelbach today to see if you have the coverage you want for whatever curveballs may come your way. Call 314-398-0101. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We
2: are
5: Farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
2: SSM Health Physical Therapy treats all athletes ranging from the weekend warrior to the professional. Their sports specially trained physical therapists treat all types of sports injuries from football to baseball, soccer to gymnastics, and running to golf. Let my friends at SSM Health Physical Therapy help you get back on the field and maximize your potential like they've helped me with my knee surgery. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion.
0: Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing.
1: The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic.
2: Hey, this is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. i got Pearly with me. Brad Barnes Meats taking great care of us here at the ESPN Studios, and we're headed to the front nine. Uh, This front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. What a great host these guys are going to be for this tournament, Pearly. This September, September 6th through 12th, Norwood Hills, North County, St. Louis, Missouri. It's going to be the place to be in the golf world.
3: I, I love it, and uh, and you are uh, kind of tuning up, and you're sounding like you're starting to get ready. I'm pretty excited for you.
2: Yeah, my new knee's kicking in. I haven't fallen down too many times today, so uh, yeah, we're looking forward to this, and I'm really looking forward, John, to listening to our 1968 Masters champion Bob Golby on our, on our show today. Let's go straight to that interview.
5: That has to be one of the great clutch putts of all time
3: those two, that is Roberto DiVecenzo, and he and Bob Goldie finish the fourth round in the 1968 Masters, tied 11 under par.
1: 1968 Masters champion Bob Goldie is brought to you by Golden Tee.
2: I am sitting down this morning with Mr. Golf, the, the godfather of golf in St. Louis bob Golby, bob thanks for joining me this morning
5: well my pleasure i'm uh, out where it's nice and warm and uh, i'm headed to the masters on monday i have a friend of mine flying me down and flying me back so i'm gonna be there about four days watching talking to the guys again and it's always a great time of life and for me because 53 years ago i got lucky and won the tournament and uh, It always brings back great memories and great friends that week. Everybody in golf seems to be around the Masters that week. If you want to meet anybody in the golf peripheral business, you get under the big oak tree in front of the clubhouse and you can see everybody in the world that makes the golf courses tick.
2: You know, Bob, what a thrill to win the Masters um, in 1968. Take us back a little bit to that time and um, playing the tour. You had a great PGA Tour career, 12 wins, and um, we'll talk about how you were an integral part of establishing the Champions Tour in a little bit, but talk, take us back to that time.
5: Well, uh, I hadn't played well the last couple of weeks before that tournament. I missed the cut, and I, I had a little gimmick going. You know, golf is a lot of gimmicks and a lot of mental gimmicks. You get, you get a little key that you're working on it and it works and, and it gives you some confidence in the way you go. And I've never been, a—I was always long enough off the tee, but I've never been real straight. I had, was a good iron player. And, but I drove the ball well that week at the masters and I putted. Well, of course you have to put well to win. I only had one, three putt for the week. And that's pretty amazing at a masters. You usually have three or four or five for the winner. But anyway, uh, I played that well. We, I played well that week, and you know, I hit a lot of good drives, which which helped me my game because as I told you, I was a good iron player, but not the straightest driver in the world. Always, a uh, couple guys always said you'd be the leading money winner if you could drive the damn ball straighter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob, it's it's um, uh, amazing to think of that final round sixty six. I mean, you must have really had a great Sunday.
5: Yes, I shot 66 the final round. I three putted 17. Was that, as I told you, I only had one three putt for the week, and uh, I, I I had control of my game off the tee and with the irons. And of course, I, I putted well. You have to putt well at any golf tournament to even be in contention, much less much less win. And I was uh, I was on top of my game that week, and of course, uh, I ended up winning and. Uh, it was a great honor It put you in another category in golf. You know, here's the category, and there's a the category. And I got into that so, so-called second category with the win at the Masters. And although I, I had a lot of good tournaments in the, before that and after that. I, uh, I played golf a long time on the tour, both seniors and regular tour. And had, uh, I thought, success. You know, maybe some people... You know, in Tiger's category or Snead or Hogan or Palmer, mine wasn't so good. But uh, you got to understand how you get started and how much golf you played before and whether you whether you were pre- prepared to play the tour. The kids today are really prepared to play the tour where when you played and I played, uh, we had to learn how to play golf once we got on the tour. <laughs>
2: Oh, Bob, that is so true. And, Bob, you were uh, one hell of an athlete. You got—you uh, went to the University of Illinois to play football, didn't you?
5: I went there on the football scholarship, yes. and I didn't intend to play golf there. I, I was a golfer. I started caddying as a kid. I lived next to a country club across the street in Belleville, Illinois, and that's where I learned to start playing and the caddying. And I'd sneak over every night and play because I lived right there. and That's where I learned to play golf. I got to out. I could shoot somewhere around par before, before I went to high school. I couldn't do it every day, but I was capable of being a halfway decent golfer at that time.
2: Yeah, it's, it's amazing how back when we played, Bob, um, I played whatever sport was seasonal at the time you know when it was cold out we played basketball and you know we played a little hockey and then when it got warmer we played baseball and a little golf and um, it, we were we were like you said we just played a bunch of sports and were around to stick on a ball where today's players man by the time they're in their teens, they're they're focused on one game and one game only I think.
5: That's right. Like, they, they start preparing for that one sport now rather than playing all of them. And, of course, uh, I am amazed even even by watching the players through the years get better and better and younger and younger and, and how good that they are and how good that they may be in the future. Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing how great control of the golf ball. I, what amazes me even back in Hogan and Snead's day, I was very fortunate to be able to play with Hogan and Snead a lot. And uh, and I played with Middlecloak and, and Jimmy DeVarrett. I played with Gene Sarazen and the partner of the first year in the Legends of Golf. And I go back to Palmer and Nicklaus. And, of course, uh, I played one round of golf with Tiger. And so I, th- I always thought to myself, I was pretty complete. I went through a pretty big cycle of players there, great players. And my, my favorite where was Sam Snead, I thought he was the best of them all, but he didn't have the same makeup mentally as some of them have. He wasn't as tough mentally. He let the, the birds and the pretty girls and the automobiles and different noises bother him. You know, where uh, a Nicholas and a Hogan, they seem to play right through all the problems including the tiger. He's the same way. And of course now the young kids have had the, the schooling of all of those great champions and how they acted. And that's the way they're playing and acting today. And uh, we're seeing these great stars come over, come to surface early in their career. I can't believe how young they are and how good they are.
2: Bob, I was thinking the same thing because there, there was a process, I felt like, and I never got – To the nearly to the level that you did, but there was a process. You know, you you got your you got on tour, then you had to figure out how to keep your card, and then you try to had to figure out how to win and and get to these different levels. But some of these kids, like Colin Morikawa, and uh, you know, they come on on the scene, and all of a sudden, you know, they're winning a major their their rookie year.
5: Well, that that's true, and of course, uh, as I said, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. They can't. Doesn't seem like they can get much better quicker, but but they keep doing it week after week. They shoot lower scores, and, and it, it just is amazing. Of course, all athletes are better, and everybody's better at everything they do. But especially the athletes. Of course, we know the basketball players how much they've improved. They're fantastic, and uh, you know the golfers are are approaching that particular pinnacle. I. Uh, I'm amazed with the young guys, how good they are and how they handle themselves.
2: Yeah, they're, they're really doing, I, uh, doing well.
5: I know when you started playing and I did, we actually had to learn how to play golf on the tour because we didn't play a lot of amateur golf. We couldn't afford to. Nowadays, it seems like the young kids can get pushed by the junior, junior leagues around the country and by the area. They, they take care of the young players and they push them and the pga of america has the youngsters playing good golf and they got the good instructor they instructors uh, it's uh it's amazing what the game has done and how far it has come in the, in the 50 60 years that i played
2: oh my gosh bob tell me what made Sam Sneed the best player in your opinion I mean he, I got to play with him one time and I couldn't believe how he could work the ball and hit shots and I don't see that from the modern player very much anymore
5: Well they just they, they play different type golf courses one thing, smaller greens, harder fairways, the ball got away from them easier, now they're, they're bigger fairways, longer courses the golf ball is held up a lot by the grasses um they can carry the ball a long way now. I never used to do that. They used to have to play little bump and run shots to little greens. You couldn't carry the green; you'd go over, make a double bogey six real quick. So the game was a little bit different. It was 60, 70 years ago than it is today, because now they're bombers and they get it way out there and they just force a nine iron or a wedge on the green, where years ago they had they better be in the fairway because trying to hit a five on out of it, deep rough is isn't too easy. It's a lot easier hitting a wedge. The game, uh, the game has really changed in the last 10 years just by being the Bombers. I think we'll go back if they tighten the courses up a little bit. They still don't shoot the low scores that they shoot every day on the big courses. We're going to have to tighten them up and get the ropes a little higher and make them a little more narrow and a, and a little more competitive. I think we're just playing now up to the big hitter. We're taking the medium good player out of the game.
2: Yeah, there's no question. And you watch, um, Bob, you got to play in the Ryder Cup in 1963. I also know that you got to, uh, you were a mainstay on the NBC Golf uh, telecast for, I think, almost 14 years. Bob, talk a little bit about what it was like playing in a Ryder Cup. And also, how did the TV, how did the TV change the way you saw the game?
5: Uh, well, it was a great thrill to play on the Ryder Cup team. I should have been on three other ones, but I just barely missed. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's a great honor to play for the United States. And, of course, when they raised the flag and played the Star Spangled Banner, we all got a little chill, and, and it was a great honor. I got got some good matches. I played at Eastlake at uh, Atlanta, Georgia, at Bobby Jones' home course. And they, they played the tour championship there now in the fall. It's a, it's a good course and a good test. And of course, uh, what I, I forget that second part of the question that you asked. Uh,
2: yeah, you, you were with NBC Sports uh, for 14 years. When doing the telecast, did it did, did it help you see the game a little differently?
5: Yeah, well, anytime you got a chance to sit back and watch the game from the from the uh, announcer's side of it, it helped your your exposure, and of course it helped your exposure to the game. You saw it a little bit different. You, you, you kind of watched the swings a little better than when you're playing with somebody. You had a little more time, and uh, it, it 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 actually most people that did a little television work. Their game's improved, and that's kind of unbelievable. You'd think it'd go the other way, but I think the fact that they learned a little bit by watching the great players and see how they acted from a a different perspective. You know, when you're playing with them, you're fighting against them, and you're not really watching all the details, but when you're just following the golf tournament, announcing, you you just seem to see a little more that's going on with the player. And, you know, we mentioned Snead before, what made him such a great player? Well, he had the gift of the greatest timing of any sportsman ever lived. He could do more things with his body than anybody even thought he could do. You know, when he was 85, he could still get the ball out of the bottom of the cup without bending his knees. And that's, that's unbelievable that he could do that. He could do things like that, that nobody else could even think of doing. And of course he, in 1958, uh, uh, Sports Illustrated wrote an article and they wanted to know who the from the tour, they wanted to know they voted the top 25 guys they wanted to know who the best iron player was and who the best wedge player and uh, all of one category, the guys just wrote Sam Snead across all of the different categories so most of the players that played with him knew that he was that good now of course we've had Tiger and Nicholas and Palmer, and we had some of these other, and Watson, other great players come along and kind of overshadow Sam a little bit because he's not there to protect himself. But uh, he was a great player and and, and great for the game. A lot of people thought he was grouchy, but he was was really a good guy. You got to know him. He was funny. And uh, from the hills of West Virginia, he played the part a little bit being dumb and cheap. But uh, that was just an act by Sam. He was, he was a smart guy and knew, knew how to take care of a buck.
2: Yeah, you know, Bob, I've heard stories about that. And so many times the personas that we hear about people aren't really true, you know, once you get to know them. I bet you had some amazing stories with the way you guys traveled back then, because I know you did. You drove to most of the events there. There have to be you probably could fill a couple volumes of books with some of these stories.
5: Yeah, well, some of the stories we can't write about, but of course, uh, it, uh, <laughs> there was a little more fun in the tour years ago because everybody wasn't making commercials on Monday and Tuesday or playing TV matches. There wasn't any of that stuff. It was just drive to the next tournament and play practice rounds and get ready for the next tournament. And those Monday and Tuesday rounds were always a lot of fun. Didn't have as many programs in those days as they have today. And so they had another day like Wednesday to practice and play and gamble a little bit. When I say gamble, a lot of people thought the players probably gamble a lot more than they do. They gamble, but not, not for big, big money. Once in a while, it gets to be a big game, but normally they're just playing for a $100 and $50 and $10, you know, kind of a, just a little competitive bet. And, uh, I think that's the only way for a young player to get to be a good player is to play for his own money. A lot of players can play for the prize money, but they can't play for their own money. It's just funny the way the purse is put together. and uh, Sometimes uh, those little money games prepare you for the tournament. Uh, I know Sam, he wanted to gamble every practice round. He wouldn't play if we didn't have a game. And I was very fortunate but a couple hundred times with Sam I uh, got to be his best friend by by his own writing by his own pictures you know he wrote off to my best friend everything that he ever signed for me and uh, I always treasured that being Sam's best friend and and at the the later years when he was slipping a little bit he always would come to me and said, Bob, what do you think about this? What do you think we ought to do about this? He kind of used me as a compliment, and that made me feel very proud.
2: Oh, my gosh. I, I would say so. And, you know, there's something about, Bob, taking a $20 or $100 bill out of your own pocket and giving it to you. That stings. I don't like that. And I like you a lot. I don't want to give you my $100 bill.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. Well. It's, uh, you know, I was just telling somebody the other night about uh, Sam told me when he only roomed one time with Hogan. And he said that Hogan would was, was, was ground his teeth all night long and kept awake. And the next morning, Sam said, I'm never sleeping with you. He said, you make noise all night long. and Hogan's told him, he said, Sam, you got to learn how to relax and sleep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so,
5: you know, Never traveled with Hogan again after that one night.
2: Okay, that's going to wrap up the front nine, but don't go anywhere. Uh, on the back nine, we'll have the conclusion of this interview with Bob Golby. This is Golf with Jay Delson. Hey,
5: everybody. It's Ben Kiel. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delson.
2: If you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve.
0: Don't miss the hottest rookie class in PGA Tour Champions history. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club, September 6th through the 12th. Join legends Jack Nicklaus, Tom Watson, and Hale Irwin to celebrate the PGA Tour Champions' newest event. Professional golf returning to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, pro-am foursomes on sale now. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com.
2: I am with my buddy Joe Schiezer from USA Mortgage.
0: Hey, Jay. How are you?
2: Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, congratulations. This is uh, your third year, and we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is a uh, ESOP. It's an employee-owned company. So over a 1,000 families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a a local company, please call USA Mortgage, 314-628-2015, and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available, and give you an opportunity to support a local company. That's awesome, Joe. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you.
1: You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tee to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, the ultimate virtual golfing experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more.
0: We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing.
1: The Back Nine is brought to you by Fogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. Welcome
2: back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm Jay, your host here. I got John Perlis with me, a good buddy and friend, and we are going to the back nine that are brought to you by the Vogelbach Agency with Farmers, 314-398-0101, anything insurance-wise. Ed's a great person, a great human being. He's got his family working there. They will help you and take care of any of your insurance needs. Um, we are going straight to the back half, last half of the Bob Golby interview.
5: Has a short putt here for the record. Bob got it. Sneed goes over to congratulate Bob Golby on that record-breaking score. Very fine golf by both players, and the scores were Sam Sneed, even par 71, and to set a new course record here at the Philadelphia Country Club, Bob Golby with a 6 under par 65.
1: Bob Golby is brought to you by Golden Tee. Who was the fiercest
2: competitor back in your generation? Who was the toughest well, guy to play uh, against?
5: Doug Ford won more tournaments in the 1950s than any other player. More money and more tournaments than any other player. And most people don't know he even played. But he won 20 tournaments in the, in the 50s. And uh, he was, I think, without a good golf swing. I don't say the golf swing is bad but he wasn't a perfect-looking Sam Snead swing, and he didn't knock the ball nine miles, and he wasn't real straight, but he knew how to play golf and knew how to get the ball in the hole, and I never saw him leave a 10-footer short. He had he had a, a strong set of you-know-what, and he, could, <laughs> he went after every putt. He tried to make it, and that, of course, he three-putted once in a while, but he was the best competitor. Nobody wanted to play him because he was a good chipper and putter, and he knew how to score. He was hard to beat in the match play. He won the PGA as a match play player in 1956. He won. Wow. And uh, He was the best competitor I ever saw without being a, a great swinger. But as we say, he knew how to play golf. And that's important. What what, what your capabilities are, what the other guy can do. Sometimes you got to play what, off of his hand. And... Uh, I think uh, Doug Ford knew how He was smart, quick, quick quick mind, and he, and he knew how to
2: play. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm visiting with Masters champion Bob Golby, also a member of the St. Louis Golf Hall of Fame, the Illinois State Hall of Fame, the Belleville Walk of Fame. And, Bob, you also fought and uh, served for the U.S. military in the Korean War. Um, how long did you spend uh, away from the game and during the wartime?
5: uh well i didn't see a golf club during the two years i was in uh got drafted in 1950 and fortunately i didn't go to korea i ended up in germany that was uh they were they, we didn't have a wall at that time the burn wall we just had a barbed wire fence and uh my company the fourth division reconnaissance company we were we'd guard that barbed wire fence and uh the Russians had a gun big as my thigh and our gun looked like we're a finger sticking there on our tanks. So we were a little cautious all the time of one of our crazy guys firing at the Russians and cause, cause another war. But I didn't, uh, get into any fighting, fortunately. And, uh, I didn't play golf at all. I never saw a club for two years when I was in the service, uh, which hurt my game maybe a little bit, but, uh, who knows? Sometimes you work harder. Sometimes you got a ticket as it comes. Timing is everything in golf. You got to be there at the right time. Just like now coming along, people playing, they're playing for so much money. It's unbelievable. You know, I remember in 1957, I I was the 29th leading one of and I won $11,000. Oh, and my uh, God! I was exempt for the next year, which was the main thing. But at that time, we only 30 players were exempt not 125, and uh, you go back and think, boy, didn't make much money then, but times were changing, nobody knew what the game was going to do, and where the country was going, so it looked like we were still making decent money, and we were, we lived good, got to play golf every day, get the sun on your hair, and the grass on your feet, it's a great feeling to be in the spring when you smell that new and grass, great time of year, and a great
3: game
2: it, it really is a great game bob let's talk a little bit about the champions tour i know you were right in the middle of of forming that and establishing some of the uh, the guidelines for that with some of these other great players with sneed and 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 those guys
5: well there were about five of us got started with boris and sneed and Doug sykes gardner dickinson Don january and myself uh we kind of got together and got going. And after the Legends of Golf, I had two tournaments there. And then we found out maybe there was some interest. Uh, I was seeing you golf around the country. And we ended up with seven tournaments in 1980. And then we had 13. We ended up with 42, which got to be too many. And now they're back down to about 25. And that's a good number for the old guys. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's been going now since 1980. And uh, people say it won't last. Well, it's lasted 40 years. That's pretty good. And uh, <laughs> people are a little more conscious of joining the senior tour now. Like Mickelson just joined and won two out of the first three that he played in. Everybody seems to jump out there and they're excited about being there and, and and a new life. And the way they go and they usually win early in their career on the second tour or or the, the Champions Tour which always used to be called the seniors tour. Yeah. I was involved heavily and uh, I uh, was involved with the television senior tour. We got uh, the Dean had a problem trying to handle the regular tour. Dean Beeman, the commissioner I'm talking about. And uh, he didn't think there was any interest in senior golf. And I was working for Don Omar at NBC sports. And he said there was interest. Well, anyway, Don formed his own company, Don Omar, and I worked with him in between, and we got 200,000 from Mazda for, for eight tournaments, 25 of these, and that was our start of us getting some television money to the senior tour. And which was you, you say, well, that wasn't any money, but the exposure was great, and we got people knowing that we were playing, and before long, we were, we were jumped up there with a lot more money from the television, and we steadily grew from that point on. And uh, television was the big mover. And, of course, Palmer joined us. And I guess you could say one thing we were really lucky about. When we first started, we had Boris and Bolt and, and Sneed, our catalysts, when we got going. Then Palmer joined us about a year later. He didn't want to play senior golf, but he found out he could play, win on the seniors and not on the regular. So when he joined us, that was a big boost. Then two years later, we had Gary Player and Lee Tovino come along, which was super stardom, jump onto the tour, and that was good. And a little later, we had Erwin and, and Ray Floyd, some other good players come along. and uh, So every two years, we seemed to get a shot of stardom, and then Nicholas said that he wouldn't play senior golf, but he did play quite a bit of it. And when he and Palmer were battling again in the seniors, it brought back memories of the regular tour, and it, and it kept the, the rivalry alive. Anyway, a bunch of things gelled for us on a senior tour, and what well, we have now a, year, a tour that's been played 40 years, and they play for quite a bit of money now, and uh, now the kids look forward to jumping off the regular tour onto the senior tour. But champion as they call it today.
2: Bob, I got to tell you, I just, you know, you were such a part of growing the game and growing it from a tour standpoint uh, that trickles down to the, the average guy. It, it's just incredible. I don't know how much awareness you had at the time that what you were doing was going to be so great. But I know personally I reaped a lot of the benefits from the things that you guys did, and I really appreciate that.
5: Well, I was—I uh, had some good guys to work with. So, what little credit I get should go to all of us. And uh, you know, we were fortunate, as we said, to have Sneed, Boers, and Boulders our catalyst when we got started. And uh, we all had to work pretty hard to sell the pro-ams and try to make a few nickels and be nice to the partners uh, to make it work. It—it uh, it was a—it was a group assessment of what we had to do and we we got it done
2: well we really appreciate what you've done for the game and growing the game let's talk just a l- briefly and just wrap up this interview with uh talk about your sons i know um you have three boys and i know kai is uh very much involved in the um uh golf course design business
5: yes uh that's my oldest son kai he's 57 he's uh He's building, a course, in Aiken, South Carolina, not too far from St. Louis, down a popular bluff, And uh, he just finished uh, re- remodeling all the greens at Oakland Hills, a famous course in in uh, Detroit, a uh, suburb of Detroit. Uh, I finished second in the open there in 1961. And now this past year, my son spent a year there redoing all the greens and bunkering. And uh, it's kind of ironic how the game of golf comes and goes around. My family's still involved. Of course, I've got the Haas family. They're all involved in golf. And got a new one coming along. Jerry's son, uh, Jerry's the coach at the Wake Forest. And he's got a son that's a freshman of sophomore in high school that's, that's really good. And uh, so maybe we'll read about another Haas someday.
2: Well, I sure hope so, Bob. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for sharing the stories. Thanks for all you did for the game, and enjoy the heck out of uh, the, the Masters and uh, and and enjoy some of those old memories about slipping on that green jacket.
5: Oh, I'll do that, and I you know look forward to the dinner that night on Tuesday night's always a, a highlight of the week, and uh, I've, uh, I'll be back home. Next Thursday, I'm coming back uh watch the tournament over the weekend. Jay, uh, thanks for your part in golf. And of course, you, I knew your father when he played with the Cardinals. And um, I, uh, you've always been a gentleman and a, and a good guy for the game. And unfortunately, I, I thought that you. We're going to do better on the tour. You thought you were going to do better, and so did everyone else. But sometimes one 10-foot putter can change your whole career, 10-foot putt, and turn you backwards instead of forward, and you never know when that happened to you. But uh, we still partially make a little living on golf and enjoy doing it. And uh, thanks for what you do.
2: All right, that's going to wrap up the back nine. But, Pearl... How about the sort of players that Bob talked about in this interview?
3: Just the the who's who. It it was so much fun to hear from that perspective. He was very definite on his beliefs of those different guys and uh, and some really good stories. Sometimes it would be fun to hear the stories that you can't necessarily hear for radio either uh, because uh, that was a different crew back then.
2: Oh, absolutely. All right. So that's gonna wrap up the back nine, but don't go anywhere. Pearlie and I will break this thing down on the Michelob Ultra nineteenth hole. This is golf with Jay Delsing.
1: This is Bill DeWitt III,
2: president of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're talking to Jay Delsing. And wait, oh sorry, what's the name of the show? <laughs> golf with Jay Delsing. Oh, go, right, here, let me start it. <laughs> My bad knee affected everything I did from walking to swinging a golf club. SSM Health Physical Therapy has Titleist Performance Institute Certified Physical Therapist. They performed a physical screen on me to see how efficiently I was moving and then gave me golf-specific stretching and exercises to help my game. It's been awesome. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web, SSMPhysicalTherapy.com to get set up with one of the tpi certified physical therapists see you out on the course your therapy our passion
1: are you looking for a great career do you like meeting nice people working with your hands and fixing things inside the home marco and appliance parts company would like to encourage you to consider a high-paying career in major appliances repair and service major appliance service technicians are in very high demand major appliance techs work regular hours and make excellent money they work local in their own communities and are home every night it is an incredibly stable industry and highly rewarding work. Discover more about your new career in major appliance services today by contacting a local appliance service company in your hometown. In Fairview Heights, Illinois, contact Doug Klein at Klein's Brand Source. The phone number is 618-397-1216. Marcon appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts.
2: I know you've heard me talk about Whitmore Country Club. I want to thank them for supporting the show again for the third year and tell you things are going great for them. There's 90 holes of golf when you join at, the Whit- at Whitmore Country Club. The membership provides you access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. Cart fees are included. There's no food or beverage minimums and no assessments. 24-hour fitness center is fantastic. There's two large pool complexes uh, and three tennis courts. Stop in the golf shop and you got to see my buddy, Bummer. He is an absolute great guy that would love to help you with your game and love to show you around um, the uh, facility. He and his staff uh, run golf leagues, skins games, members, tournaments, couples, events. There's live music. There's uh, uh, great dining opportunities out there, outside, inside. Anything you and your family need golf-wise, fun-wise – Visit WhitmoreGolf.com or call them at
0: 636-926-9622. Professional golf returns to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club, September 6th through the 12th. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, and pro-am foursomes are on sale now. All proceeds go to North St. Louis County Charities. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com or call 314-938-2828. PGA Tour Golf is back in the loo. The Ascension Charity Classic.
4: Have you met your local farmers insurance agent Ed Fogelbach? He proudly serves St. Louis area families and businesses and is ready to review your existing policies and provide a no obligation quote today. Call the Fogelbach agency at 314-398-0101 to get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's the Fogelbach agency with farmers insurance at 314-398-0101. We are farmers.
5: Bum, 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 bum.
4: I want
2: to tell you about Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. My friend Colin Burnt runs the store over there, and he helped me buy a used Volkswagen for my daughter, Joe when she turned 16. We've had the car for over a year. It's running great. It's nice and safe, and we've taken it there to get it serviced just recently pearly that does the show with me just bought a nice toyota truck from collins so i want you to know that if there's any sort of vehicle you need anything at all you can get it at the dean team volkswagen of kirkwood you can call them at 314-966-0303 or visit them at dean team Kirkwood.com.
0: grab your friends a cold one and pull up a chair we're on to the 19th hole on golf with jay delsey
1: the nineteenth hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra,
2: and we are back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host Jay. I got Pearly with me, and we're headed to the Michelob Ultra nineteenth hole. Pearlie, I know you got a cold one in your hand right here with me. Let's uh, let's talk a little Bob Golby. Oh, fun
3: interview, Jay. I'll tell you. I just want to start with one thing because uh, Wayne Gretzky the week before says some similar types of things. It's a different game now, and that's fine. I have to tell you something. For me, it's not fine. When I'm out there playing with you and uh, and some of those 16-year-olds that you're turning into superstars, and they're hitting at 50 by me, 60 by me, right now it's not fine for me. I haven't let that go yet.
2: You know, Pearl, that pisses me off a little bit too. Um, uh, old Blake Scorny uh, uh, kind of dropped package on one of my drives by about 30 yards last time I played with him, and I wasn't too tickled about that either.
3: It's, it's But it's interesting how these two guys, uh, Bob's older, but Wayne, he was cool with it With relative to hockey. He said, hey, these guys are bigger, they're better, they're faster, the equipment's better. And he said, that's the way it should be. I can't get there. Well, I'm working <laughs> on it, but I can't get there.
2: Well, I, I, so one of my, what I was so excited to ask Bob was who he thought, the best player he ever played with, because he got to play with Jack, he got to play with Arnold, Gary Player, you know the big three. He got to play with Watson. He got to but but then Pearl, you go back in time, and he got to play with Demerit and Sarazen and um, Snead and Hogan and um, you know Doc Carey, Middlecoff, those guys. We're we're talking about a um, Pearl a laundry list of Hall of Famers.
3: Well, and then even a, 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 a touch with Tiger Woods. So I mean, what what a what a a span that he got to see in the game uh, that that was just kind of probably unprecedented. He he was kind of in that sweet spot to to experience all that. And who did he and who did he come up with? Sam Snead.
2: Sam Snead, the best player of all time. Well, he's won the most tournaments. That's for sure. And. um... I did ask, I love the question, I couldn't wait to ask the question, I mean, about who was the toughest competitor, who was had the most grit, and he said, Pearl, and we played with him, or at least I played. I don't know if you – did you get a chance to play with Doug Ford?
3: Uh, no, I did uh, not.
2: Okay, I did so that. I played with Doug Ford, and um, oh, my gosh, uh, as as Bob said it, he had the biggest set of you-know-whats he's ever seen in his life, and he played – He's Bob said – when you watched him play, he should have never won an event and he said he won over 20 times in his, in the span that he mentioned and uh, so just tons and tons of respect for, for a player like that.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, just fun stuff and, and what as you said in the opening, what he's accomplished and what he's kind of brought brought to the uh, the game of golf, just the, uh, the whole senior tour. And I do remember that a little bit, too, as far as the doubts people had, and it's not going to last, and nobody's going to care. And then it, whatever, whatever he joked, I don't remember what number it is, but it's been around for many years, and obviously it, it has stuck. And by the way, it's, it's very possibly moving into another pretty cool time because there's a lot of uh, very talented guys uh, out there, again, uh, kind of uh, priming the pump for that uh, for
2: that tour. No, you're right, Pearl. An absolute renaissance going on right now, and that's where the Ascension Charity Classic comes in. The St. Louis is going to get to see this, be right in the middle of Ernie Els and Jim Furyk and Phil Mickelson, and couples will still be around. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. And when you think about you know what um, what Bob and that group did, you know they started with eight events, John. Eight events, yep. and and um, it's interesting the way that, that this game is because you and I know this all the time. We talk about the charitable aspects. We talk about networking and how fortunate I've been because of the players I've met through the game, the people I've met through the game, through different industries and things like that. Bob Golby talks about his time with NBC when he was working. Do you remember Don Olmeyer? Great guy, huge UCLA supporter when we were out playing Bel Air all the time. And Don said to Bob, that's a bunch of BS. They, they will support that. There will be money for TV. And Don Olmeyer went out and stood behind that tour. And he did so many great things in the world of television and sports. But he had his hand in, uh, a big hand in, in the Champions Tour as we know it today.
3: He sure did. A lot of lot of uh, fun stories uh, with him across the board. What's the, what's the lineage a little bit with some of the folks you know with Dillard Pruitt and Jay Haas? Tell, tell right, the folks right. a little bit about where he fits in that for the folks that know some of those names.
2: Right, so Bob Golby is Jay Haas's uncle, and Jay married Dillard Pruitt's sister, Jan, and, um, uh, oh gosh, um, you know, then Jay's son, Jay Ju- um, Bill Haas, Jay Jr. was a good player, went to Augusta State and played college golf, but Jay uh, Haas Had a great career and still playing on the PGA Tour. Won four or five events. Won the Tour Championship one year. So the golf lineage runs deep from Belleville, Illinois, John.
3: That's awesome. Absolutely. I'm glad you told some of that story.
2: You know, that's going to wrap up another show. Uh, Pearl, thanks for being with me this week.
3: Appreciate it, Jay. Fun Another another fun interview and uh, uh, a double Masters whammy.
2: Yeah, that's great stuff. We will be back at you next week. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit him straight, St. Louis.
4: Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk free with a 30 day home trial.